like birds of a feather we stick together <laughs> so welcome back to our podcast with harriet and beth covering the sticky subjects of tamper evident labeling <laughs> so this week is all about sort of the dark kitchen and virtual kitchen world and i think basically we're going to cover what the difference between the two is absolutely because this is another sort of pre and post covid changes i would say yeah and it's it's mostly aimed at the fast food world and it has evolved tremendously over the last 18 months globally yeah so it's something that has always been around but it's definitely seen exponential growth since covid hit and people have been ordering many many meals from home yes so um so do you want to go through the explanation of what the difference is or do you want me to go through the difference okay (laughs) so a dark kitchen is a kitchen that has been set up in the centre of a location where there are many opportunities of selling delivery food. They are not always legitimate. (laughs) They can be set up by people who pretend to have a franchise with many of the big um, fast food giants and actually they're just making their own food. Yeah, and they can be just like dirty containers. The food, there's no food Unregulated, yeah. There's no protection for the workers. There's no protection for the consumers. It, yeah. it's just really not a great situation. And yeah. they came about on the back of the success of fast food delivery. Obviously, that has grown. So what has happened to protect the brands, they have set up what they call a virtual kitchen. Yeah. And a virtual kitchen is where you have the kitchen off-site, so there's no restaurant attached to it at all. Sure. They never intend to serve people direct from this site it is set up specifically for delivering yeah sure yeah so surprisingly enough (laughs) companies like Deliveroo have really engaged with these yeah yeah let's let's try and jump away from the uh, dark kitchen and the chap um William Shue who um started the business has passed over his concepts and now they have 80,000 best loved restaurants and 60,000 riders providing the best food delivery experience in the world they so have, that's just Deliveroo that are doing that. It is. All the other brands. And they're operating over 500 towns and cities across 13 markets. So when we say this is a global opportunity, yeah, yeah. it's including Australia, Belgium, France, Hong Kong, Italy, Kuwait, Ireland, the Netherlands, Singapore, Spain, Taiwan, UAE, and of course, the United Kingdom. Yeah. So we're really only going to be focusing on our own experiences in the UK because that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. However, they do cross... Yeah, definitely. And when I talk to our distributors and partners in other countries, as it were, they all sort of have similar experiences. Yes. I think definitely in the US, a lot of the sort of giants uh, have very individual uh, processes, restaurant by restaurant. Um, So it's a case of trying to sort of figure out how that can work and how you can get into them there. But the dark kitchens and virtual kitchens are a global sort of, let's say, issue. Well, they're a new thing, aren't they? They're an involvement. But I think where we've been in the past... We have concentrated our marketing and our suggestions to our distributors to protect the consumer Mm, from the threat of the food being tampered with on the way or the theft of food. Protect the consumer from the delivery driver mainly. Yes, because they have been outsourcing to so many different drivers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But now there is a different threat Mm. that has come to the news and I thought this was interesting and brands may be interested 
on this side as well. People are virtually blackmailing them on review sites, saying that the food isn't quite right, it hasn't arrived in this form. Well, if you've been exposed to a dark kitchen and you don't know, yeah, yeah. your brand is being hurt by the fact that these people are, just are a representing your food. So they're literally sending counterfeit food out. Yeah. Which yeah. is... This is a whole new level. It is. <laughs> so again, it's another route in. To say, look, we can just simply protect the food yeah. and your brand. So now you've got... And your consumers. Uh, yeah. So now the solution that we've been selling for the to protect the consumer is now protecting the brand more than ever. Exactly. And it's still the same solution. Absolutely. And you still only need to buy one thing. Yes. So <laughs> Yes, it is still one solution and it is still only specific to you. Mm. So yeah. there is no opportunity for people to get these labels and counterfeit them. And that is the importance of the tamper evident option and having your custom void message and having your custom print and with the finger lift option, all of these things are adding layers and layers of security. Which is transparent. Absolutely. Yeah. And customised and individual. Yeah, and it goes on all the packaging and I think that's another thing to take away. It's a very versatile solution and now it's not just about protecting the consumer but also the brand, absolutely. I think the um, use of labels now in so many of the larger companies and the tamper-evident ones in certain countries which are growing all the time, mm. I feel that there is a level of expectation, whether you are doing a collection, a takeaway, a delivery, all the different options that come from the fast food companies now. Yeah. If I didn't have an inspected, guaranteed food checked, mm. I think I'd be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, I mean, it's the norm now. I yeah. mean, whether... You know, for example, whether we've picked up a foe or whether we've had a Wagamama's, there's labels on everything. There is, literally. Know. I mean, we ended up getting a KFC the other day. Yeah. Um, we went drive through. Yeah. And even that had a label on yeah, it. I mean, it's I mean, I've seen them now. doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a peace of mind thing. And again, that's to protect them. Yes. More than it. So especially in that situation, they're not protecting you from a delivery driver, are they? No. They're protecting themselves from you saying it's a fake. Or Absolutely. complaining about food that isn't their rubbish because they've made decent stuff. So, so. There's, a lot, there's a lot of angles to Definitely. this, which I feel yeah. are potential for people to be able to go in and have a conversation. And even just the local guys yeah. that are trying to because what Deliveroo are doing which I think is brilliant to be fair to them they have the network they have the riders they yeah. have the courier guys and probably Just Eat and Uber Eats are doing it as well but their PR isn't quite as good so <laughs> I know about Deliveroo but um, <laughs> the situation with them is that they are taking on the smaller local guys yeah and saying, do you want to get onto our platform? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. some of the numbers that I've read about this, I'm just going to read a little bit out loud here. <laughs> so Deliveroo, sorry to keep mentioning them, celebrates reaching a new milestone of 2,000 virtual restaurant brands across the UK, working with 1,200 restaurant partners. The number of virtual brands available in the UK has risen by 150% this year alone which is just amazing. <laughs> and they are specifically offering um, the opportunity to work with them. And this, the growth that they say they have, virtual brands launched with Deliveroo support achieve 88% more revenue each week on average. I mean, that's just amazing. And that it? is purely like getting yourself on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they just... did this TV programme about that. And it yeah. just showed that when they had the brand support and they were sort of at the top of the searches, how much more business they were getting yeah. from from. I mean, there. big tech is not our friend in most cases really <laughs> no. and so these guys that are just working from their kitchens yeah who are making stunning food yeah i mean some of the stories about the um two artists in turkey 
um, bought some toasters and started making some weird and wonderful bakery <laughs> stuff. They're making a fortune now. <laughs> I mean, the stories are great. They're Amazing, so positive. Yeah. So there's a lot of really positive things. But the labelling of them is yeah. just the final bit. Yeah, let's finish it off. Let's secure it and let's give everyone a peace of mind. Sort of Absolutely. Like the label is the garnish. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so the question we've had in from one of our listeners this week is all about sort of the next stages of delivery and if we have solutions for that. Okay. And it kind of comes into the automated delivery world. So where you've got robots delivering. Oh, I think this is brilliant. Yeah. And it's getting quite popular in America. And we've actually got a trial in Milton Keynes in the UK as well now. Oh, wow. And it's about how is my stuff secure in there? Oh, yes. And it's just travelling through the centre of town. Yeah, yeah, past, past all these people. Oh, yeah. wow. But obviously <laughs> it's all coded, etc. But basically the way to secure it is you would use a non-residue label to secure the robot. How it works is the lid, you get text to link, and the lid will then open when you sort of give it permission. Right. And then it'll open and let you have your goods. But also on there, you can have your label so you know that no one else has managed to get the link or break into the lid or do all these clever things. You could have a QR code on there, couldn't you, that you you basically sent saying, I have received my goods. And so it is released to open to you as opposed to... Yeah, absolutely. That'd be perfect. I mean, we can like secure the next stages of it as well. I think that's the... So we can be part of the AI revolution. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's very early days and I think we should really continue to focus on our deliveries, virtual kitchens and things like that, rather than robots. Yeah. Okay. I do feel that the opportunities in a label are not always completely understood by brands. Yeah. How they can add value. Yeah. Not only, as you said. Well, I mean, we came up with that. We, the royal we, you, came up with that wonderful concept whereby delivery would add that tiny box onto the bottom where they check out. Yes. Uh, you know, where you're, you're checking out to say, I want my burger or whatever you want. And then, yes, I would like a security label. So if you select no at that point, they hate no responsibility for exactly. if your goods are stolen, genuine or whatever has yes. happened. If you select yes, even if the label is, say, 5p, delivery will be making money on that label and the customer will be secure. Because I've chosen to pay for that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an the additional, is yes, paying. it's a bit like when you move the, you know, this is where it came from, you move the bags from the bag for the last, cost yeah, to absolutely. the supermarket, but to be the cost to the consumer. Absolutely. It was a huge thing when it was done. Yeah. And now it's totally accepted. Yeah. I would always choose to have and my goods secured. it's another profit centre, isn't it, for yes. the business? Another branding opportunity. And you're always going to choose to have them secured because it's like saying, oh, no, I'll buy my car, but I don't want any warranty. Yeah. It's never going to happen, is no. it? You know, no. unless you've got an old car well you're not buying old food are you you're buying new food and you want that to be your food and not half eaten or not from one of these dark kitchens and i will pay 3p to ensure that that's the case yes yeah Yeah, i I think he's i'm surprised that none of the bigger brands have taken that opportunity on absolutely it's crazy because some of them are absorbing the cost themselves which is absolutely great and but there's no need. But there really isn't. And they could need. be making money on it. Yes. That's what's crazy. Yes. <laughs> it's just thinking differently, isn't it? Because they need to be listening to this podcast. Obviously. <laughs> and sometimes you can be a bit too close to things and you yeah, don't look definitely. at them. You know, you're too busy yeah. dealing, especially with the exponential growth that they have all experienced. They've got a bit of a job on. They have. But I do think if they just listen to us, mm. it would be, we could make it easier for them. So, yeah, that's uh, sort of the question. Definitely, this is really sort of interesting thing to focus on. And it's just another avenue for conversation with these yeah. 
food partners, isn't it? Um, but it's the food partners and the courier companies. I think that's the opportunity don't, don't as well. Forget them, the riders, and yeah, the drivers, definitely. because they're getting a lot of bad press. Mm. And I mean, in some cases now, bless them, they're actually being attacked for their bikes, yeah. for their food, for all sorts of things. They're getting mm. the full blame for everything because they are the intermediary between. Well, I know that with just normal sort of parcel couriers that come and deliver things, yeah, and take yeah. our goods for customers, etc. They have to take a picture of it in situ in your factory now to prove that it was there. Because And if they haven't done that and say we said, oh, we haven't received it, that employee will be responsible for the amount of cost yeah. that's now lost. Yeah, there's a lot of responsibility on these people and they're not exactly highly paid. They're no. not given the you know respect that they should deserve for the fact they've been travelling around the countryside yeah, yeah. when everybody else was staying safe at home. Yeah, just for the sake of, oh, well, that person couldn't find that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think delivery drivers have had a lot of bad press mm. and I think this label, from their point of view, protects them. Definitely, yeah. And gives them that added level of defence. 100%, yeah. Which absolutely. I think is great. Yeah, yeah. So I think that sort of summarises the podcast for yeah, this week, Yeah, so it? it's uh, many opportunities, but also look at the whole end-to-end supplies. It's not just the consumers. Look at logistics companies, look at courier companies, look at the opportunities with the restaurants, the larger restaurants and the smaller restaurants. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah? yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll speak next week. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>